Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. And I've titled this teaching, Conditioning Before Positioning. We got to go through some stuff. God has a big calling on our lives. And just with Clay, it wasn't his ability, it was his availability, right? And God used him. Just We're just regular people. And all the people in the Bible, when you look at the great things that they did, they're just regular people just like you and me, right? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's a word for all of us. Every person, doesn't matter where you come from, where you've been, God has a plan for you, and it is a good plan. It is a great plan. When we look at the story of Joseph, we can see a young man who had some tough years in the first part of his life, right? He was thrown in a pit by his brothers. Uh, he was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and put in the king's prison. But God had a plan for him. Joseph had a calling on his life, but in order for him to fulfill that calling, he had to go through some stuff, right? He had to go through some things. He needed to be conditioned before he could be positioned. That's one of your fill in the blanks, which leads me He needed to be conditioned before he could be positioned. First point, God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. He has a plan for your life. God does not cause the trials and tribulations that we all go through, but he uses them to prepare us for what he has called us to do. As a youngster, Joseph was overconfident. He had a natural self-assurance, which was increased by Jacob's favorite, by being Jacob's favorite son, and by knowing of God's designs on his life. He had dreams. God showed him things. God showed him that his family was going was gonna to bow to him, right? And his brothers came to hate him because of it. He was young. He was, there was some pride there. Joseph was not ready to fulfill the calling God had on his life. He needed to go through some stuff. We've all been through some stuff. I know personally myself, I have been through some stuff, man. Like, ask my brother. He knows. We've been through a lot of things together, a lot of tough lessons in life. And God uses that mess that we create, as Pastor Matt says, he uses our mess to make a message. And he is doing that. Romans 5, 3, 4 says this. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. I like the NLT version. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us to develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So when you read the story of Joseph, notice that he did not wait for his circumstances to change. That's a fill in the blank. He glorified God and served others in the circumstances, right? Glory through tribulations, man, how do we do that, (laughs) right? How do we do that? Joseph knew God was with him, right? In other words, he had faith. He was the great-grandson of Abraham, who was the father of faith, 
the Bible says. Joseph was unjustly thrown into prison, and under those circumstances, he should have been upset. But he was not under the circumstances. He was above them, and he saw God's hand in them. His time in, his time in prison was training time for reigning time. Right? Romans 5.17 says that we are destined to reign. We are to be above and not under. Right? We are the head, not the tail. We need to see God's hand in the midst of our circumstances. Romans 4.20-21 says that Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. We need to develop our faith. How do you do that? How do you develop your faith? Well, the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which leads me to our second point. Build your foundation on the rock, not the sand. Jesus said, in Matthew 7, 24, therefore, now whenever you see the word therefore, go back a couple of verses to see what it's there for. <laughs> therefore is another way of saying because of this. So go to Matthew 7, uh, look that up on your, on your own time. Whoever hears these sayings of mine hears and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Build your foundation on the rock of Christ, the anointed one. Okay, so the Lord really put it on my heart to dig into this for a minute. We need to park here on the word Christ, okay? The word Christ is not Jesus' last name, and it is not his title, okay? The Bible tells us in John 1.41 that the word Christ is the, it's a Greek word. The New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. It is a Greek word translated from the Hebrew word Messiah, which translated into English means the anointed one. There is nothing lost in the translation. It's a perfect translation. All three mean exactly the same thing. To pour on, to rub on, or to smear, to anoint. The anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. It is in the New Testament 341 times. I think Holy Spirit was trying to show us something here. 341 times it was referring to the anointed one. And you cannot refer to the anointed one without referring to the anointing that the anointed one is anointed with. <laughs> you follow? Okay? You can't refer to the anointed one without referring to the anointing that the anointed one is anointed with. Therefore, anytime you are talking about the anointed, you're talking about Jesus. When you're talking about the anointing, you're referring to the anointing that the anointed is anointed with. <laughs> I know it's a bit of a tongue twister, but does that make sense? Okay. You, you have to be, you can't separate them. You can't separate the anointed one from the anointing, right? And when you're talking about the anointing of the anointed, you need to know when you are talking about him or talking about his anointing or talking about them both at the same time. So how do you do that? The only way is to stop and meditate on it for a moment. Translate and meditate. When you see the word Christ, translate and meditate and see what verse it's referring to. For example, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Translate and meditate. 
the verse is pointing to the anointing itself. I can do all things through the anointing which strengthens me. See how it changes that? Right? There's power in that. So when you see the word Christ, you guys, translate and meditate. Just take a time. Park there for a minute. It will change the way you read the New Testament. Okay, so let's get back to building your foundation. Joshua 1.8 says this. The book of the law, or God's word, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. That's an amazing promise from God. When you meditate on God's word, you're going to do more than just read it. Am I got the mic close enough to my mouth? You guys are, is it good? Okay. Okay. So when you meditate on God's word, you're not going to, you're going to do more than just read it. You're going to take it into your heart in a very personal way. Okay. And you're going to apply it to your situation. How do you do that? Carefully ponder how the word you've read applies to your life. Ask yourself, what does this word from God, that's a fill in the blank, what does this word from God say to me? It's God's word. The Bible doesn't just contain God's word, it is his word that was inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? Read it personally. That's God speaking to you, right? Take it personally. God is speaking to me here. What does it mean in my life? What does this word from God say to me? What does it mean in my life? And how can it change my situation? Listen, all the answers to anything you're ever going to go through are in his word. You're never going to come to God and he's going to go, Brad, man, we've never seen that before. Like, how'd you get yourself into that one? It's never going to happen. Go to the word for the answer to your prayer first and then pray it back to God. He said his word will not return void. And he said, put me in remembrance of my word. It won't return void. It'll accomplish the things that I set it out to, right? Go to the word. Everything you'll ever go through in life is there. Your answer is there. Okay. So for example, I'm going to give you an example. How can it change my life? What does it mean in my life? For example, when you read a scripture about a blessing of prosperity, okay, you won't think, hey, that sounds nice but I could never have it. Instead, you'll apply it to yourself and say, okay, listen, guys, say, hallelujah, that God, that's God's word, and it's for me. He says in Philippians 4.19, he'll meet my needs liberally according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and I'm expecting him to do that in my situation. Come on, right? Praise the Lord. I'm going to give you another example. 1 John 5, 4, 5 says that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Okay, so here's how you use this scripture to apply it to your life. Well, I believe. I have faith. I am a world overcomer. I am overcoming everything and every situation for the greater one lives in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And this is the victory, my faith. See how powerful that is, man? Take those, take God's word and speak it over your life. Own it, claim it. And watch what he does. When you have the word of God in abundance, and you do that by what? Meditating on it. What did he say? Day and night. Meditating it all the time. 
I drive around, I listen to sermons, you know, I got scriptures in my phone, I got scriptures on my fridge, I got scriptures everywhere, man. You know, um, it's his word. It's the foundation that I'm building my life on for the last 12 years. I'm telling you, I've had results. Lots of them, right? Uh, it's, it's amazing. There's power in his word. So when you have the word of God in abundance, you have more of it inside of you than anything else. You're so full of the word that when trouble comes, and it will, Jesus said in this life, you will have trouble. But hey, I've overcome the world, right? The word is the first thing that will come out of your mouth. When you are meditating on the word of God all the time, that's what's going to come out of your mouth in a crisis situation. Not, oh no, we're all going to die. No, with long life, he will satisfy me. That's what's going to come out of your mouth. So to lay hold of the kind of abundance we need to do what Joshua 1.8 says, we need to meditate in the word every day. We need to make it a lifestyle. Christianity isn't a religion, it's a way of life. Right? And God, ha- God has his instructions for us how to do that. What is the Bible, acronym Bible? Basic instructions before leaving earth. <laughs> right? It's an instruction manual. It's also full of his promises. It's a guide to life. Right? Okay, brings me to my next point. What are you saying? Okay, guys, this is really important. Mark eleven twenty three. For assuredly, Jesus is saying, for assuredly, I'm telling you the truth. Right? I say to you, he's just put it into motion. He didn't just sling words around, right? I say to you, whoever, are you a whoever? If you're a whoever, put your hand up. All right, everybody, that should be all hands. We're all whoever. Born again or not, this is a spiritual law. It works whether you believe it or not. It works whether you're a believer or not. It's a law, right? It's the system that God created. We just need to learn his system, and learn how to operate in it to have the things that he wants us to have. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Okay? Inconsistency, that's two words. Inconsistency lies the power. Okay? The scripture says but believes that those things he says. The key is not the thing a person says as a single request, but those things he says continually. The things that he is continually saying. What are you saying continually? Right? Our words are bringing to pass in our lives what we have right now. Wherever you are right now is from what you've been saying in the past. Now, for me, 46 years the other way, there was a lot of building. I was building up on, I'm a knuckle dragger, I'm not intelligent, all these things, I'm worthless, all these things that I used to say. I'd say things like that over and over, building it, building it, building it. Well, lots of stuff came to pass that I didn't want in my life, but it was because of what I was saying, right? If we want to change our lives, change the lack, change our finances, change your home, change our families, whatever, Whatever it is, we need to change our words, right? We need to say continually what God's word says about us and our situation. You know, when Joseph was in prison and then all that stuff was going on, you don't see any record of him saying anything, oh, woe is me, and why did God do this? No, he gave glory of God, uh, to God in everything, and he served 
others while he was in his circumstances. We need to look at that. That's a, that's a great example. Okay, so inconsistency of speaking right words lies the power of God to deliver you. Your words based on God's word open the door to abundant life. If you want change in your life, you have to make the change. It's you, right? God said in Deuteronomy, you choose life, right? You got to choose it. It's up to you, right? What, what you and I say in and, uh, day in and day out is what will come to pass in our lives. We have to set ourselves to speak words that are of God, words that are of what we want to come to pass. Don't say what you don't want to have, right? So to release faith, we have to have the confidence that our words will come to pass, right? Most of us are going to have to make some extreme changes, maybe some of them not so extreme. We need to change the way we speak. We need to stop speaking words of things we don't want to come to pass and start speaking only words of what we do want to come to pass. We need to quit talking lack, defeat, sickness, disease. We need to start talking the word of God regarding healing, abundance, and well-being, Choose to talk faith words and our lives will turn around. We need to be conscious of what is coming out of our mouths. I'm going to give you an example. The, the word death is the most commonly used word in the English language as a form of expression. I love my children to death. Tickled me to death. I'm just dying to meet that person. Right? Oh, you just killed it. Right? Or somebody, I show my Harley to somebody, they go, man, that bike is sick. Don't call my bike sick. My, don't talk to my bike like that, right? But that's not what I meant, Rick. It doesn't mean, it doesn't matter. You said it. God is a just God. Everything is legal, right? Satan, who the Bible calls the accuser, he's going in there and saying, he just said that. That's what he wants. He wants to steal your words, steal, kill, and destroy. Steals first in that scripture because if you can steal your words, he can kill and destroy your life. It's your words he wants, right? It took him thousands of years to teach us to teach death. It's over time. The Bible talks about a small kindling. Okay, I don't have time to get into all of that, but you know the scripture, right? It's a small kindling. When the fire's roaring, you don't see the kindling anymore, Okay? As believers, we are to live our spiritual lives on the offensive side, not the defensive side. We should not be reacting to what the devil does. We should be applying pressure on him, obeying the word, walking in faith, speaking right words out of our mouths. Matthew 12, 33, 35 says this, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit, its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers. He's talking to the Pharisees here now. Brood of vipers. That's to them. That was like majorly like an insult. How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's key right there. What's in your heart? What are you putting in your heart? Your spirit, the core, who you are, your spirit man. The heart of a tree is the core of the tree. A man's heart is who you really are, your spirit. We just live in this body. It's not who I really am. Who I really am is my spirit, right? Okay, so for you to succeed in life, the word has to be in two places. The word has to be in two places, in your heart and in your mouth. The word that is alive in you is the word that talks to you. 
When you're in a hard place, what is inside of you is what will come out. If you have to, if you have put the word in there, it will come out of your mouth and deliver you. I can tell you that from my own personal experience. I've been doing this, meditating on this scriptures for 12 years now. It takes time. It takes, it's, it's, it's day by day by day, right? It builds, it builds, it builds. You get stronger. You're developing your faith, walking out your salvation. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Amplified Version says it this way. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. We need to renew our minds in order to renew our mouths, right? We need to renew our mouths to speak the power of God into our lives. We need to renew our mouths to speak what we really want to come to pass in our lives. Your words are power containers, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, this is the message virgins. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. I'm going to give you an example. And I used to say things like this, and we all do. That just drives me crazy. You don't want to go crazy. I know I don't want to go crazy. No one does. But saying that, you are creating an opportunity for that to come to pass in your life. Right? That just blows my mind. I don't want my mind blown. No, I have the mind of Christ. That's what's coming out of my mouth. Not that just blows my mind. No, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of the anointed one. My mind is under the influence of the anointing of God. Not blows my mind. Right? You, you're, you're creating an opportunity for these things to come to pass by saying things like that. Okay, so I'm going to finish with this. If you say, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try to put the word of God in my mouth, I'm going to try to meditate it, I'm going to try, the devil's going to interpret that as they are not committed. Okay, if they don't see results quickly, they will probably quit. This is how the devil's interpreting these things. Okay, you can't try this. You've got to do it. You need to make a quality decision, and that is a decision that once you make it, you don't go back, right? This is, this is, this is a game changer, you guys. Nowhere in the world does it say, nor in the world, nor in the word does it say, the trier of the word will be blessed in his deed. Doesn't say that anywhere. It says the doer. That's the problem. Trying something is not committed. You can try to diet, you'll fail. You can try to quit smoking, you will fail. You can try to exercise and you won't last. You can try marriage and it won't last, right? Dell, when you, when Pastor Matt said to you, Dell, do you take uh, Krista to be your wife? You didn't say, I'll try. <laughs> no, you said I do. That's the, say I'll try. That's the wrong word. You can't try marriage. You have to do it, right? You might say, I'm going to try to get along with my boss. You're not going to because you're not committed. 
right? You got to say, I'm going to do this. In Jesus' name, I'm going to do this. Man, I got myself, uh, preached myself real happy right now. <laughs> Woo! Okay. So, all right, guys. So it's 8.05 right now. Your takeaway for today is we need to be conditioned before we can be positioned. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. We know that you are using them to condition us. Father God, give us the strength, the courage, and determination we need to move forward into the things that you have called us to so that you can position us into the calling you have for each of our lives. I pray, Father, that we are not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Send these mighty men out, Lord, to do your mighty things, your mighty work. Let them be a bright and shining light, all for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.